0: This is Two Idiots, One Podcast, and I'm Bailey.
1: And I'm Taylor. And before we start this, Bailey, I just kind of wanted to talk to you about something because it's, I don't know, man, it's kind of weird. But have you ever had this, like, relationship with someone, and then you break up with them? And after you, you break up with them, there's, like, this lingering presence around, you know? Like, you ever, you ever just... I don't know. In the middle of the night, things happen. Maybe you're sleepwalking. Maybe you're not. I don't know. But you just you feel like they're there.
0: Uh, I mean, no that that's never happened to me in that specific way. But I kind of know what you mean. Just like a like a feeling deep inside of you that they're still with you, and you know, sometimes you'd be like hearing their voice, and maybe you know seeing them do stuff when you know they aren't there for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, like you know, you're you're laying there and you think that you're you're texting them or something, but in reality, you're probably just hallucinating because you're really upset. I mean, I don't know if that's just me, if that's ever because like that happened to me, and I just didn't want to be alone. I guess and was looking for comfort. So,
0: Huh. did you uh, practice any anything to like help you find comfort, like meditation or?
1: Well, I mean
0: yeah I, I kind of read a book. oh, oh really. what kind of book was it?
1: Uh, I don't remember the name of the book per se, but it was I mean, you know how when you're really upset about something, sometimes you just kind of dive straight into the extreme side of it like I don't know, occultism
0: right. So instead of like going to a grief counselor and you know talking to them and mm-hmm. you' just going directly into like oh i'm gonna summon the devil to 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 you know square everything away for me
1: yeah or to like win her back you know because you're reading about how if you say this stuff do this stuff make this statue blah 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 um you can you can get them back because you want them back so you're like uh yeah yeah
0: no i i recognize that feeling because i may have done that
1: a little bit oh really yeah i i, I bought a few books okay. um kind of went to the extreme end of it and started thinking about everything in reverse. So, there's that. In reverse? Almost like, like a mirror world? I, I mean, yeah, I guess. Hmm. Trying to, like, reverse everything and see what I did wrong, you know? Right. Looking in and, and figuring it out. Breakups are weird. No, I, I feel that.
0: But breakups are even weirder when they end in death. What do you mean? Well, I mean... All relationships, marriages end in one of two ways: death or breakup. And I feel like breakup is a slightly better solution because if it ends in death, then you could come up with a night house scenario, which is the movie we're going to be talking about today. You know, I like night house. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty solid movie.
1: What would you what would you say you rate it on, like the Roger Ebert scale? The Roger Ebert scale. We need to get, like, music or something where it just sings, the Roger Ebert scale. That would be fun. That would be fun. Just have, like, a like a symphony. A symphony in the background going,
0: the Roger Ebert scale. Well, I think that would be a chorus. A symphony is generally no, well, on instruments. Well,
1: dude, okay. Yes, but you have to have a chorus with it, too. Of course. Like, you can't just have the entire orchestra. Come on. There's always that one dude singing the acapella person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean... But I would
0: probably give this movie a
1: 3.5. Funny you should say that because I looked on RogerEbert.com because I just wanted to see what Roger Ebert said. And uh, honestly, I don't agree with him. He, he kind of agrees with you. He gave it a 3 out of 5. Oh. He had some things to say about it. Um, I thought it was about a 4 out of 5. I really enjoyed it. Okay. So I was, I was the opposite. You're kind of in the middle but I rated it a little bit higher than what Roger Ebert did.
0: Okay. Now, what were the reasons for your score being where it is? Um, like major major takeaway
1: reasons. So, if you, so I had to watch it twice. Okay, because the first time I watched it, um, if I if I had just watched it one time, the way that I would summarize this film is a woman is very upset that her husband um, kills himself and then he miraculously comes back and starts to interact with her through the world that she's in and everybody thinks that she's crazy and then she finally touches him his spirit form i guess yeah i know how that sounded i regretted it as soon as i said it
0: no it finally touches him that sounds nice
1: but yeah, she like finally touches him and grasps him. And then all of a sudden she realizes that it's not him. And it's like this entity who's out to get her. And he was being controlled by the entity. And that's why he, you know, killed a bunch of women that looked like her. And then she's about to kill herself and she gets talked out of it. And uh, yeah, that that's how I would explain that movie.
0: Okay. And that was on your first viewing. What about your second?
1: Uh, so my second viewing... Um, because towards the end of the movie, I was really like, is that what that's about? Um, and I would say that this whole movie is not supernatural at all. Um, that's just like a decoy, I guess. But it's more of a movie that is about the struggles of grief and depression. Or I guess like mental illness in general. Trauma. Yeah, trauma. That'd be a better word for it.
0: Yeah, that's understandable. That's also how I felt about it. I, I also watched it twice. Um. And the main reason that I feel like it's about depression rather than the supernatural after viewing it, you know, multiple times is because while watching the movie, there are various things that don't quite like line up with reality. And obviously, if it was supernatural, then that would that would be it. That would make sense as to, oh, well, this is why it doesn't line up with reality.
1: Right. But.
0: Because of the way things are stated and the certain dialogue choices that the director made, it leads me to believe that this is actually a metaphor about depression or trauma or grief rather than an instance of supernatural elements,
1: you know. It's like a Lars von Trier movie, just not as good. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we'll, we'll review that movie later absolutely but yeah i mean i agree i think that the initial viewing of it and what most people are going to get out of it is that this is a really shitty um supernatural movie because it's it doesn't give you closure at the end i think a lot of people are going to be upset about that one i could be wrong but um i was okay with it i like open-ended movies which the ending was definitely up for debate
0: so the ending being as open it is like the the vagueness of it oh super vague, is actually part of the reason why my score is lower than it could be really yes because in my opinion it was intentionally left vague not for like valuable reasons it was left vague because the plot wasn't strong enough to continue without ruining the movie because had they confirmed it at the end whether it was depression or something supernatural there would no longer be a discussion needed for this movie like beyond oh i thought it was good or oh i thought it was bad it would just be oh well it was a supernatural movie it was a typical supernatural movie and had it been confirmed that it was depression i'm sorry you are like really hitting the table i'm trying super hard not to
1: but had it been... That's a ba- going to be rough when my, when my face hit that. I apologize in advance for anybody that's listening to that. I was not trying to kiss the microphone. It just kind of happened. He was trying to lick it a little bit, but that's okay.
0: What? You're trying to lick the microphone a little bit. That's okay. I definitely would not.
1: Mm. Mm. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Yeah, I apologize. That's okay.
0: But no, I think that... The part of the reason why this movie doesn't have like a super strong plot and why it had to keep itself vague is because there's no there's nothing special about this movie other than the question of is it depression or is it supernatural.
1: So I think that it, 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 it states that it's a depression that that's what this is and that it's not supernatural at least in my opinion. Okay. I feel like the clues are there um so i'll just use this as an example because i finished it but i finished the sopranos okay um and that vagueness i guess at the end of the sopranos for 21 years i don't think we can talk about that
0: without spoiling we don't want to spoil the sopranos for anyone who hasn't seen it
1: okay well here's the deal it's been out for such a long time and you obviously know what the ending is oh yeah i've seen it so, if you haven't seen The Sopranos, you can turn off this podcast right now and pick it back up in about, I don't know, 30 seconds or whatever. Um, and if you have, congratulations. But anyway, the the vague ending that was, you know, he dies, right? Or does he? No, he definitely does. And without, because, what was the director, uh, creator David Chase?
0: Is that his name? I think so. Something Chase. Yeah, was, no, he came out years later and said, no, he's definitely dead. However for the first 10 years after an end and no one knew
1: no one knew for sure okay but here's the deal all the clues were there yeah if you paid attention you knew for sure before david chase came out and said you know in 2021 yeah he's dead you knew it because david chase even said all the clues are in the final episode like
0: i don't disagree however you don't know for sure
1: you do so this is one thing that if that I will I will defend because the clues are there. There is no question about it. Just yeah. like in this movie, there are there are clues that tell you this is what it's about. In my opinion, I think because I, I do feel like the ending by itself is left open and is very ambiguous because it wants to have these discussions. Right. And I think that's okay. But I think that if you pay, because I watched it the second time. And when I watched it the second time with this mindset of this is a movie about depression, so many things made more sense.
0: Okay. uh, Would you mind elaborating? Because I also thought it was about depression. And I saw things that in my mind signify that it was probably depression or inner head rather than something supernatural. Mm -hmm. But why specifically do you think that as well?
1: Okay, so the first thing that tells me that it's inside of her head is when she is what it is like she I guess you could say she blacks out or whatever. Um, because the the opening of the movie isn't really significant. I mean it just shows that she's kind of upset, right? Yeah,
0: it's uh it's like a long flowing shots showing like specific things indicating that there's like loss and grief trying to convey like a sadness.
1: With a great, great soundtrack.
0: Yeah, that's, the soundtrack and the acting in this movie are by far my favorite things.
1: Like the uh, the song Under the Calvary Cross by, mm-hmm. I don't remember who it is. I looked it up because I was like, this song's great. I yeah. really enjoyed it. And that was from like 1970-something. I had no idea, but it was a really good song. No, it was, it was perfect, I think. But the the first time that you kind of get this sense of it's all in her head is when the gunshot happens, when she's um fixing to go to work, and she's looking at the boat, and then there are the muddy footprints or whatever. Yeah. Which just miraculously disappeared. Yeah. So, but she hears the gunshot, and then uh, the next time she's out there, when she stumbles across her neighbor throwing the, the tarp over, she asks Mel, him. "No, yeah. Who is portrayed by... And well, you're looking that it's up. It's
0: Vondi Curtis Hall. I didn't look it up. I just had it written down on my notes.
1: Yeah, looking it up on your phone. Well, on my notes on my phone. Yeah. You still had to look it up. You didn't know off the top of your head. And that's okay. That is okay. But anyway, when when she talks to him, she flat out asks him, were you shooting a gun this morning? And he goes, no. And kind of looked at her like, what are you talking about, woman?
0: So she clearly
1: hallucinated the gunshot. Yes. And okay. I think that sets the tone for the rest of the movie that everything else is inside of her head because it 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 just happened right she's in the stage of grief where she hasn't really fully accepted that it's happened you could almost say that it's like denial um and i think the next scene that i just really loved was i'm gonna call it the karen scene because i thought that was perfect it's so funny to me this is
0: the by far the funniest scene in the film in my opinion
1: and I don't even think it was supposed to be funny. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be funny. Dude, it's like the most anti-Karen scene. I don't think there's another anti-Karen scene. And if there is, please please let us know. But this one was funny.
0: Absolutely. So for anyone who doesn't quite remember exactly what we're talking about, uh, we're going to get a little bit more into it. So it's the scene where she's sitting at the school.
1: And she's entering grades and then... I... I would say that she passes out because she's tired, right? And then when she wakes up to this knock on the door, on her computer are guns. She's researching guns, which is another reason why I think that it's about depression because she blacks out and then is looking up, you know, ways to end her life, basically. Yeah, I agree with that. Again, the clues are there. Um, But there's this knock on the door and this woman comes in and she says, you know, what was was her kid's name? Hunter. Yeah. Um, you know I'm Hunter's mom And then she kind of looks at her like Bitch I don't know who Hunter is Yeah
0: we've got multiple Hunters Oh how many? Three
1: Oh, <laughs> Anyway so she starts talking to her And is complete Karen I guess And goes I just want to know why Hunter got a C So then she tells him You know he didn't do his assignment Didn't with... complete his presentation Right because He was out that day yeah personal matter for a personal matter and she was out on the day that she told him he could make it up because she was out for a personal matter as well so as you can see we all have personal matters and that's when she asks her when the mother asks uh ask rebecca hall yeah this is when rebecca hall asks her like what did you come in here for and she's like, so taken aback. She's like, I'm sorry, excuse me. And she goes, when you came in here, what did you want? And she goes, you want to, you want to Do you want to A? Because what a, what say what like what a um, high school student gets in an elective speech class is not my top concern right now because my husband killed himself.
0: Yeah, he shot himself in the head. She's when, super, super straightforward about it. Shot himself in the head last
1: Thursday. Yeah, took uh, took the boat out on the lake, took a handgun that I didn't even know that we owned, and shot himself. So what your kid makes is none of my concern. Do you want to be? And then she clicks and goes, he's got a B. And then she kind of like says, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know. She goes, oh.
0: You're trying really hard. I guess I'll give you an A.
1: And then <laughs> she goes, no, a, a B's fine. And she goes, a B it is. And then the Karen gets up and goes, I, I am sorry for your loss and turns around and walks out. It was just really funny to me.
0: Yeah. Like like I said, I'm pretty sure that scene was intended to be funny because I laughed hysterically.
1: Right. But I
0: could just be, you know, I could have a dark sense of humor. It's hard to say definitively.
1: I mean, either way, I thought it was funny and it's a very anti-Karen scene, but yeah. But again, even, even that scene kind of points it to where she's uh, blacking out because sometimes when you get like, super depressed right you just black out yeah that happens i think that's what is happening now i mean like i said
0: i wholeheartedly agree that this is a movie that's a metaphor about depression and grief and you know loss and yeah, the supernatural trauma it's just
1: yeah i think there. the
0: supernatural element is a surface level thing that was put there to entertain people who don't want to look deeper into it which that being said, I I would have been entertained even with the notion that it's supernatural.
1: Right. My score would have been lower, I think. Um, but I'm the type of person that likes those more deep meanings, I guess.
0: Elevated horror, as uh, Scream 5 would say.
1: Oh, yeah. Scream 5 would say elevated horror. That's what I enjoy. Like, The Babadook. No, I actually don't like The Babadook, but that's not the point. So, actually... The,
0: the babadook is like one of the f- the few movies that g- fall into that genre that before like it was announced you're supposed to like these because they're elevated pretentious higher quality horror right that i was still like oh yeah this
1: is a solid movie isn't a movie about grief too yeah okay yeah it is another movie
0: about grief
1: anyway since we're getting onto the topic um i think the the next scene that really kind of solidifies it for me is when they're at the bar and they're talking about, you know, very inappropriate questions, basically, because they're all of her uh, co-workers. co-workers, that's the word I was looking for, are asking her about it. You know, like, how did you not know?
0: Yeah, were there any signs?
1: And she goes, oh, we left a letter. And the letter is the most vague thing in the world
0: super super
1: vague but it's also super super specific
0: well so I think that the letter is probably like like I mean we haven't really talked about it at this point but I think this movie was like genuinely creepy yeah and I think the letter is one of the creepy things about this movie like granted as it gets explained further in the movie it becomes less and less creepy and more of like a makes sense but initially, because this is all before you know any spoilers are provided and i think the letter's good do you uh do you remember
1: specifically what it says um there's nothing uh, you you were right there's nothing out to get you uh and
0: i yeah something like that something. you were right there is nothing
1: no one no one's coming. after you no one's after yeah you're safe now that was yeah and it was just these four lines very vague and specific and everyone was kind of like that's it goes, do you know what it means yeah and then she lies and says she doesn't um, and so so going over in my head I'm even wondering if that was actually him or if she wrote that
0: yeah I think that there's no evidence throughout the movie that indicates that she wrote it but because of my interpretation of how the movie actually happened and what was real and what wasn't real within the realm of the un- or within the
1: universe of the movie mm-hmm.
0: i th- i would argue that the letter probably wasn't actually written
1: by him because that's that's what i thought because it was it was so so specific and she's the only person that would know it and i mean if other than him because
0: she says in the movie that she
1: talked to him about what she what actually happened when she quote unquote died which was nothing That's like when her heart stopped when she was in the accident yeah um and then so so that scene where she talks about that the next one where she's like a drunk and comes home with her friend or whatever okay. um that transition scared the shit out of me
0: the transition where she's falling asleep on her lap and then suddenly wakes up. Yes. Yeah, it was that, seamless, though. That was... I think that that was probably the single scariest instance of the movie.
1: Yes, I will agree with that.
0: Like, I was... I remember I had the volume up on my TV, like, moderately loud, and I was sitting in the room by myself, and it was, like, probably 3 a.m., all the lights were out. And it gets it goes from being like quiet and calm to so loud that i like legitimately jumped a little not oh, because yeah. it was like a jump scary scare but because of how like loud and jarring it was i really like that scene well the transition and how that, was awesome
1: yeah no that was my favorite scene in the whole movie and well actually i take that back my second favorite scene um that whole sequence was was really great but the the transition yeah is just you seamless. Know, seamless right And here's another reason why I think this whole thing is in her head more than anything and never happened. And I think that we're seeing the inside of her head and her thought processes at this time. Because every dream, quote-unquote, that she has gets progressively more in-depth, more intricate. More intense. More intense and stuff like that, right? And because of that, it's only more intense after she finds bits and pieces right i mean she found the the photo of the girl in the library that looked like her but wasn't her because she didn't have that blouse and when she falls asleep there are half-naked women that are just running off of a cliff that look like her from behind right right so that dream didn't happen until after she figured that out. Because she's obsessing over that. Right.
0: She you know, she found these photos that are allegedly of someone other than her. Right. Which, that her husband took. And then she checks his computer and sees a whole bunch more of a whole bunch of different people.
1: And then all of a sudden all these women are appearing. In her mind. In her mind and running because that's what she thinks. Yeah, that's what she's thinking about.
0: Right. Which once again i would argue that the girl that the girl in the library photos which there's no evidence to support this this is just my own personal thoughts i would argue that it might be a real girl but i would say that she probably really looks nothing like her and that the photo is actually of rebecca hall and she's just she's in such like a state that she's trying to make her husband you know or her deceased husband into something else because it would make it make more sense as to why he killed himself
1: well and and i'm glad that you you did bring that up because one thing that her friend uh claire is that her name yeah claire played by sarah goldberg love sarah goldberg anyway um actually i loved rebecca hall on this one i think this was probably her best performance
0: yeah i i like the Awakening. which is another one of her previous movies.
1: Yeah, but she like really sold it. The, the range of emotions that she just goes through seamlessly for me. Well, no, no. I agree that this
0: is her best movie. Yeah. But what I'm saying is The Awakening, in my opinion, was also super solid. Okay. And she acted super well in that. And in this, I think she acted even better. Like, I think she's probably one of the best like actors slash actresses, whatever she prefers. Mm-hmm. Like in in horror modern day
1: i think anything that she does is good but i do think that she has a a kind of niche and horror based off of the range of emotions that she just puts on but she uh she does find some weird shit that her husband was doing um he found like he went and bought these occult books and had the you know reverse floor plans of the house right and on top of that Uh, when she's having these dreams that's when the house pops up that's when she transfers to the other side of the lake in the boat for whatever reason sees all this stuff and then looks at the house her house and sees him with a bunch of different women yeah but none of that happened until she thought about it right right and that's kind of why i'm like this is 100% in her head. It's not a supernatural movie. Even though he says, you're dreaming. Like, I mean, I don't know. I could be completely wrong about that, but that's what I interpreted it as.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, I also interpreted it as this is likely a, a, a metaphor for like depression and stuff.
1: I mean, the only thing that I guess would be in in error is... She she sees the house, the reverse house or whatever, the, the shack is what I'm going to call it, that he builds in that dream. And then the next day goes and searches for it. So that would be the only thing that kind of disproves what I said, I guess.
0: Well, I mean, so I don't know that necessarily disproves it because if she lived with him and in the instance that the other house or the shack actually exists... Because I argue that it probably doesn't. But in the instance that it does actually exist. Who's to say that her husband hasn't already told her that
1: he was building it? Well because I I don't think. I truthfully do not think that she knew about it. Based off of the interaction with the neighbor. When he kind of walks up on her. Searching for it. And he knows what it is. Um, He knows that there well actually not take that back he doesn't know because he says that i didn't know there was anything back there i saw him walking that area with people and i thought it was you and yeah. then when i figured out it wasn't he you know came and told me no but never assist. mentions the house no so, so. I, I can see how the house was not real um i so if if that's the case based off of what you said then she manifested the house by looking at the floor plans yeah so
0: what I would argue and this is there's no evidence to support it. this is just the perspective that I got from watching the film and how I interpret
1: it. This is what we think yeah
0: the the house isn't real. The bodies she ends up finding in the like the basement of the house aren't real. The girl from the library might be a real person might have actually known her husband, but the interaction that she has at the house where she's admitting to the affair and all of that, I don't think any of that's real. I think that if any of that exists or happened, it happened in a very drastically different way and we're just getting an unreliable narrator's perspective of what happened.
1: Right. Like when she goes to... Um, when she goes, oh, is that Hugh Owen? And he goes, oh, this isn't Owen. Or whatever. And no, then gets her head... I'm not Owen. I'm not Owen. And then gets her head uh, smashed into the mirror, which propels her through the mirror into the reverse world or whatever, um, she sees all of these girls, right? Mm -hmm. And when she sees all of these girls, she sees them all die. Yes. That didn't happen until after she, quote-unquote, saw the bodies or whatever. Um, But if if your theory is correct and the house didn't exist, this girl that she talks about didn't exist, because it also doesn't make sense to me. And this is where I had a little bit of an issue with it. Why, why did he decide with this girl that he was going to end his life and, and stop killing people? Right. Like that one... From everything that I know about serial killers, that just doesn't happen.
0: Right. So what I'm thinking is that he wasn't a serial killer. He was having an affair cheating on her. It's potential that he was cheating on her with the girl from the library... And, you know, that that is possible. But where I don't think it's possible is I don't think that he was killing people because there's no mention of it from, like, Claire or from mm-hmm. anyone that there are missing people, that there are murders. that, And I feel like that's something that would have been mentioned if that was, like, a legitimate thing that was happening. So I don't think that he was actually killing people. I think he might have been depressed. He might have, you know... Had his own personal mental issues, and that's what caused him to kill himself. And I think that that propelled Rebecca Hall's character's mental issues forward because she indicates that she's also had mental issues, which I don't actually know. I'm not, you know, a psychologist or anything. But based on my perspective and what I saw, that's
1: my interpretation of the movie and all the events. So, one thing that I will say um, is this reminded me a lot of silent hill 2 okay um i i took owen's character as james's character and spoilers for silent hill 2 if you haven't played the horror game from 2001 it's literally been out for 21 years okay (laughs) if you haven't played it by now it's not really a spoiler is it Uh, anyway um where you know he kills his wife mary and he kills her because he's mad and because he can't he can't have sex with her right that's why and i think that she says something um when they're in the bar that maybe maybe my demons finally caught up to him you know i was struggling with these mental illnesses maybe maybe i transferred them on to him or something and i think he got upset with her because she was depressed she was um, possibly suicidal she was she was very upset about stuff right And that bled into his life and started to affect him. So I think the metaphor for that is just his anger and frustration towards her um, because she kind of took his life away a little bit because now he's focusing on her and he's mad at her. And that's why he's killing women that look a little bit like her.
0: I definitely understand that perspective.
1: Could be completely wrong on that one, but if if none of this is real and he didn't actually kill women, then that's what that represents. Yeah, probably. Because that's the only thing that makes sense to me, and everything has to make sense.
0: I mean, it doesn't have to. There are a lot of movies that 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 things don't make sense in that are still like super solid movies that we just all you know suspend our disbelief on.
1: That's fair. I, I can go with that one. But that's just what I thought on that one. Um, because and one thing that really drives it on for me that none of this is real is when she says, you know, you're not Owen. And he goes, I was with you that night. Come back to me. And his name is nothing because that's what she felt was nothing. So I think that her her battle with this was the physical manifestation of depression i guess well it's not even physical but like it's just manifesting itself and that that was her battling her depression which really drives the uh, like drives it home for me i guess when they're on the boat because he takes her to the place where you know her husband committed suicide and it's it's like a blood moon
0: well there are two separate moons in the skies at the same time
1: right right in there, it's red, and it's, it's like the, if you want to go to the supernatural element, it would be a purgatory place, almost. Yeah. Um, which didn't really make sense to me. I think that it'd be better, but I feel like that's in her mind. This is what's happening, and, you know, she's trying to recreate it because it flashes back to the real world, where she has the gun that Owen used, and she's in the boat, basically recreating what he did, and then her friend's searching for and you know screams and yells her name and that's when she kind of like is about to do it and then hears her and turns and nothing goes it doesn't matter which i think was her depression saying you know it doesn't matter what she's saying none of this none of this matters ended yeah exactly it's all irrelevant kill yourself right and then she makes the decision to not do that and to go and live and move on she comes to terms and accepts that Owen died there is no reason for it you know she's making up reasons because he didn't actually kill women or maybe he did I don't know but there is no reason he he had his own demons that he was fighting he never got over it um and she knows that there are people out there like her friend Claire that love and support her and that is why she is going to move on because the the final shot that I loved um was the water Where you can see the silhouette. Yeah. And then um, Mel Mel is his name said, Mm -hmm. what are you looking at? There's nothing there. And she goes, I I know. know. That was the moment where the movie ends. And I was like, oh, she overcame her depression. That's what that is. Her depression Mm -hmm. is there, but it's not. So
0: in my mind, that was her recognizing that, you know, it's depression and that she has the ability to overcome it. She just needs to have support from her friends.
1: Yeah, it ends on a very, very good note. Yeah. Like, for being a super sad, tragic movie, I guess. It ends on a really uplifting, happy note, and I'm glad they ended it like that.
0: Well, I th- I think them choosing to end it like that is why it is a, a metaphor about depression instead of supernatural.
1: Right. Um, or we could just be really, really reaching into this. Yeah,
0: I could be totally stuck in an incorrect perspective right
1: i mean but i would like to think it's about depression so if you watch this movie and you think that it's about depression let us know if you don't think it's about depression also let us know
0: yeah we've got a facebook group now you can find it by searching for two idiots one podcast on facebook that is Um, the
1: number two and the number one not
0: spelled out yes yes all numerical two and one not 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 t-o-w and o-n-e yes yes but um, if you find that, you can get on there and you can make a little, a little posty post telling us that you think we're right or wrong.
1: And if, you, and if you tell us, the only thing that I ask is that if you disagree with anything that we said, please do not just go, you're wrong. Please elaborate on to why you believe that. Yeah, and same thing with the podcast. If we're doing something that you don't like. Just tell us, the, tell us you don't like it and then explain why. And we will do everything in our power to correct it
0: if it's an issue that we agree with
1: yeah so don't don't get into the facebook group and then just go oh you're wrong because yeah like, okay well that's your opinion this is my opinion and i'm let's talk about it exactly so that'll be nice and then we're uh, we're in the process of creating social media accounts you can follow which will also be uh two idiots one podcast
0: Yes, or a variation of that. I'm not sure if the Twitter handle is available, and I'm not sure about like Instagram either.
1: That's okay. We will buy it from the person, whoever has it. We will go to them and say, you don't know me, I don't know you, but I need this.
0: I'll send you bath water.
1: Yes. It'll be like a teaspoon <laughs> of bath water. But if you don't get that, good. That's That's all I can say on that one is if you don't get that reference, good so what would be what would be your recommendations if someone said i liked the night house on hbo what would you recommend them
0: so if someone told me that they really like this movie and that they want other movies like it i would recommend other you know quote-unquote elevated horror i would recommend like the awakening i would recommend um oh wow i'm blanking
1: I mean, I would recommend Silent Hill too, almost as like a video game. And honestly, one that I really liked and, and thought about it um, was Alan Wake. Did you ever play that game? Uh, no, but I've heard of it. Okay, yeah, I would. And I might be completely wrong on that one. That one might be a stretch. But this this movie just really reminded me of that game. So
0: yeah, there are there are a couple movies that this movie like had similar feelings to, but the Babadook. Yeah, like the Babadook, anything about like grief and depression, most like, quote unquote, elevated horror. Um, but yeah, That'd I would be... I would recommend stuff like that. Um, I don't have any like super specific recommendations because this movie is kind of broad. Well, it's I mean it's kind of unique. Like, well,
1: it, it it's unique, but it's also broad because the way that we interpreted it could be completely different than the way that somebody else interprets it so that way our recommendations are like well that's not what that's about exactly
0: so if you saw this as like a supernatural movie and you want like more intense supernatural movies you could always go to like the conjuring series you could do like paranormal activity which obviously paranormal activity is shot differently it's a it's a um, found footage yeah it's more of like a found footage style um but if you're viewing this as, like, a depression movie, the uh, my ability to recommend things narrows drastically because I don't know very many movies where that is the subject. Other, uh, Have you seen A Ghost Story on Netflix? I have not. So maybe that movie because it's also got, like, a is-it-depression-is-it-supernatural uh,
1: feeling. So if you want the best depression movie, in my opinion, is Antichrist by Lars von Trier. Oh, yeah. But it's also there are certain scenes in that movie dark oh it's that was the depression time (laughs) where he wrote that uh nymphomaniac which is that's also a movie about i would say that's a movie about depression honestly yeah so i mean
0: and it has uh it has um actors in common because the girl from the library also starred in nymphomaniac that was your hard fact yeah, that was a, that was for
1: sure a hard fact. That's for sure a hard fact right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that that's. A, I mean, she does battle depression in that movie, but that's also four hours long, because you you can't just watch part one and not watch part two. You got to watch the whole thing in one sitting.
0: I I mean I I didn't watch them like that, but I understand that perspective. Because they just kind of like
1: go together. But yeah, it's one movie. It's like when you watch Kill Bill. Yeah, well, uh, like Kill a whole... Bill's a movie. Exactly. You have to watch both volumes
0: at the same time, or what are you doing with your life?
1: Yeah, exactly. But anyway, let's talk about some other hard facts, because I like hard facts. Okay. What you got for us, Bailey? So,
0: I don't know how to pronounce this. I love that. I've been trying to figure out how to pronounce it. I've even, like, Googled how to pronounce it, and when I hit the button and it pronounced it, it wasn't pronouncing it in a way that helped me pronounce it. That's usually how Google works. <laughs> so, uh, in this movie, there's a thing called a Caredroia, and it's a Welsh turf maze.
1: So, a turf maze? Yes.
0: So, based on my understanding... Based
1: on your understanding um, of the Welsh turf maze. Yes. Did you say Welsh? Yes, like, like W-E-L-S-H. You know the Welsh are good people. Yeah. But I um, guess I don't know.
0: For anyone who actually like wants to look up this word so that they can like spell it or like try to figure out how it's pronounced and pronounce it properly, or if they want to do anything like that,
1: and we it, will also just I just want to apologize to um, Wales and any you know Welsh people because yeah. obviously we are not Welsh and do not know how to pronounce Welsh de- words. Um, but if you are Welsh and listening to this and you do know how to properly pronounce it, please let us know. Yes,
0: but um, it's spelled C A E R. D-R-O-I-A. Ooh. And I'm pretty confident that that's what the, uh, what the, like, second house or the unfinished house or the reverse house was supposed to represent and, like, the whole world that she traveled in.
1: Was that? Yes, I believe so. Okay. So I have a hard fact for you. Okay. So when she's flipping through Owen's phone, the first picture that she opens up on of the two dudes laughing... Okay, are you ready for this? Because okay. I thought this was like really cool when I found it. But when she's doing that, um, that's actually the film's screenwriters.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. I was unaware of that.
1: Yeah. So you, you look at it and you're like, why are there these two random dudes? Boom, Easter egg. I do love me some Easter eggs. I do too. And the fact that it's those guys that wrote it just makes it even better for me. But anyway, what else you got?
0: So for hard facts, uh, that's about all I have. Um, for facts that were interesting i couldn't find very much about this which this might just be my perspective but i've noticed that in most newer movies there aren't as many like good solid like easter egg slash facts and i believe that's because they aren't old enough to have a lore built around them
1: right well i mean yeah no actually i'll i'll completely agree with that one because there's there's a ton if you look up um, like Halloween or whatever.
0: Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth,
1: Nightmare on Elm Street, even like Maniac Cop. Yeah. Oh, like oh man. So funny story. I'm just gonna interrupt this real quick. I was talking to somebody about Maniac Cop the other day, um, and that is something that I was like, yeah, I've never seen it, and he goes, you need to watch it.
0: All three of them.
1: There's three of them. At least three. Was a we were talking about the movie that he did in between because it was Maniac and then this movie, um, I don't remember what it was. It was it was in that grindhouse exploitation and then Maniac Cop was the one that he did after it. I don't, God, I can't remember what that was. I'm gonna have to look that up. Anyway, sorry, that was a side note. On that, I don't know, I just. But anyway, that'll lead us into Bailey's babbles. So Bailey, what you babbling about today?
0: All right, so. I actually wanted to talk about what um, what specifically you look for in film in general that you, I'm trying to find the right way to word this, what specifically do you look for in films that hold significant meaning to you, like something that you've watched multiple times and that, You know you will watch again like what tropes specifically are in them that have you noticed that you like and we don't rehearse this stuff beforehand so he's completely off guard by this.
1: Yeah I'm completely off guard I was not prepared for this one um I guess I wouldn't necessarily say tropes and stuff because when I look at um when I look at Pulp Fiction right the reason that I love Pulp Fiction so much is the dialogue dialogue for me is a real big important thing when i'm when i'm watching a movie if the dialogue is not there then i can't be emotionally invested into it um also if it's over the top stupid there are some of those because i love grindhouse movies like you know grindhouse exploitation stuff like that but i love those because they're so bad they're good so but that that's like my little uh thing i'm not proud of but i'm gonna be proud of it i like like exploitation movies i think they're great um the other thing that i look at is pacing pacing because pacing is really big for me does it start slow and then give me instances where it catches my attention or is it just completely boring the entire time and then all of a sudden hit you in the face because i don't like those
0: i feel that well so that's something that i really liked about the night house which i recognize that we're not really talking about it anymore we've moved past that but i thought the pacing of that movie was pretty good
1: yeah no and uh, that's another reason why it has a four it's not like a five because i want to reserve that for the movies that i think are the best you know yeah um but the pacing the atmosphere and tone symbolism is also a really big thing with me um i mean my favorite video game is silent hill 2 and that's littered with symbolism so it's so a movie like this resonates with me a little bit more which i'll probably go back and watch it again um because of that and any, anytime you have stuff like that that's what i'm looking for because it gives us these these discussions of this is how i interpreted it what did you think um i, I guess that that would be it unless it's like a comedy then it's just got to be funny well, like the simple answer
0: no, I mean I I pretty much agree with you. The biggest thing for me in like a lasting movie uh is pacing and how do I feel watching it? Like if it's a comedy, does it doesn't make me like legitimately laugh or is it like that ha ha type mm-hmm. of funny or is it like oh, I'm uncontrollably laughing. This is a funny bit.
1: And if it's a horror movie, is it actually scaring me? so i don't look for like
0: actually being scared because I i almost i very rarely see something and i'm like oh this is actually scary like there are times that it's jarring like the transition in the night house that i was talking about right jarring not actually scary i can recognize how it could be scary for some people and i know i jumped during it but i didn't jump out of fear i jumped because i was jarred
1: okay so what about action movies
0: I don't like action movies generally. If if I watch an action movie and I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is solid." There have to be elements from a different genre in there that I like. For example, most Marvel movies I don't like in the action sense, but they're funny. Like most of them have enough comedy strewn in that I'm like, "Okay,
1: this is okay for a shitty action movie." Well, and I don't even like Marvel movies because they're action movies. I like them because it's a comic book movie like and I guess that's the difference. So For instance, if I watch a comic book movie, I want it to be as accurate to the comics as possible. Um, And if it's not, if they do something that's like, take Daredevil, not the Netflix show that was great, the Ben Affleck one, that was awful because Ben Affleck was terrible, the script was terrible, everything about the movie was terrible, right? But then you look at the, uh, the Netflix one, and it's got more elements of the comics, and that's what I like. So with action movies, I basically really enjoy the fight scenes, but I also love those you know old kung fu movies, the samurai movies and stuff like that. Um, so if it's an action film, it's gotta have, it's gotta have a real good action sequence in it. Like the the hunt, um, the final fight scene was great. No, I agree with that that's the kind of stuff I look for. If if an action movie doesn't have at least one scene where I go, that was choreographed amazingly, I go, "Eh, it probably wasn't that good. So. That's fair. I don't know. I'm not really the biggest action
0: fan, but... I would say it's probably my least favorite genre of genres that I actually watch. And I say genres that I actually watch because I generally don't even watch romance movies. I mean... Like, I'll watch some rom-coms.
1: Rom-coms are good.
0: But just, like, straight, like, romance slash love stories, I'm not about it. Unless it's a porno. I can get into some porn.
1: Well, that's definitely not a love story. I mean. Or romance. Ah. <laughs> uh, that one's a little bit debatable, but it's not <laughs> a love story, all right? I'm trying to think of what else I'm looking for. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess that's it. Yeah. On that one. No, I mean that's 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 about what I expected. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to go through it and not just give you that I it uh, yeah. it just has to
0: resonate with me. Yeah, it's got to resonate
1: with me. Uh it's got to have lots of explosions.
0: Boom boom ca-choo.
1: If there's not at least 17 gunfights in it, it's not a good movie.
0: Well, and they have to have the audio for the firearms, right? Like I hate it when they're shooting and it sounds like ka 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 instead of
1: Okay, so speaking about that, um I love John Wick. That might be like the best action movie of all time.
0: I don't qualify John Wick as an action movie because it's got Keanu Reeves in it.
1: But but it is an action movie. But the I think the difference that separates that from like other action movies. Is me. he's a
0: national treasure?
1: No, that's Nicolas Cage. He's um, also a
0: national treasure.
1: But no, it's because he, he actually took time to learn how to train and everything that he does is real. That's how that's how someone would really do it. And I even I even counted the number of bullets every time he fires the gun, and it is accurate. That makes sense because I know that like I think that's my biggest complaint about action movies is that they will. Um, so I'll, I'll take Evil Dead or not Evil Dead. It's uh, Army of Darkness, right? I know a thing or two about guns, okay? And I didn't know that a double barrel sawed off shotgun can shoot four times without having to be reloaded i didn't know that either i didn't know it i was like oh you put two shells in it because it's double right no, it's a. it's got four mm. it's got four shells so but that movie is good for other reasons yeah so yeah it's more like nostalgia i guess at that point but it's also super funny but yeah i don't know is there anything else that you want to talk about on bailey's babbles
0: no, but I think that's all we have for you today.
1: This has been Bailey. Well, hold on, Bailey. Oh, don't I'm get sorry. ahead of yourself. I'm... we got to oh. tell them what's next week.
0: Oh, we already told them what was next week.
1: Oh, we did? What is it? I don't remember. Exactly, but because I'm... we didn't tell them. Oh, did we not? No, because the movie next week is unthinkable.
0: Oh, yes. I Okay, never mind. Yeah. I'm incorrect. We did not tell you guys this.
1: So what he's referring to is the next one that we do next week or I guess by the, the time you listen to this the week after next, um, is going to be Friday the 13th on Friday the 13th. But this is Friday the 13th part three.
0: Yeah, the best one in my opinion.
1: Because you, it, it, it's not. But we'll get into that in two weeks when we sit down and record it for our very special Friday the 13th special.
0: Our Friday the 13th extravaganza.
1: We're to have, like, intro music and stuff for that one. Some spooky themes. You want to get, like tattoos.
0: Yeah, we should get matching uh Friday the thirteenth
1: tattoos on our foreheads. Ooh, and then record this and be like, This is what we did today. Yeah. Alright, so now roll us out, Bailey. Alright.
0: This has been Two Idiots One Podcast and I'm Bailey. And I'm
1: Taylor, and thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Bye.